Hi folks and welcome back to another episode of Reload Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Lee Maxwell, and as usual I'm joined by... Nigel Lamont. And Connor McCann. So this is episode number 68. Um, I have a little bit of a topic for us later on, but we'll kick off as usual with uh, what's new with you. So Nigel, what's new with you? Not a lot really. Um, I think I talked about getting a few bits done to the edition 30, so I fitted my... VW Racing intake under my car. Oh, you got it on? Good uh, man. Such a quick, quick, quick mod. Uh, yeah. I think it took 25 minutes. And I used to have an ITG Maxigen filter on my old Black Mark 5, not the Edition 30. I think that's when we first met you, that you were driving that. It was basically like Darth Vader, the way it sounded. Mm-hmm. But you can sort of hear the Darth Vader, but just it's more reserved. Aye. Um, it's made the car definitely a bit more responsive. They say that the intakes can instantly give you, you know, 15-ish, mm. 20 brake horsepower instantly right. because the the airbox in them is so restrictive. Oh, that's good, yeah. Yeah, they uh, had to restrict them because they didn't want them upstaging the ML6 cylinder dinosaurs, you see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll not say anything about that. It wouldn't, to be fair, it wouldn't be hard to upstage the six cylinders, like, what it? Yeah. Uh, also bought a set of R8 coil packs off Gary. Remember in the oh, chat? yes, that's right. He messes about yep. them, yeah. So, Brian, you said Aria Coil popped them in as well, just for shits and giggles. Very nice. Aye, that's the job. Yeah. Um, and then Fogel O'Reilly, mm-hmm. loyal listener, uh, he's fitting my exhaust for me. Ah, funny, you said before we started recording you were getting fitted. I meant to ask who's doing it. Yeah, yeah. very so good. So, I'm going up on Tuesday night. So, by the time this comes out, I'll have an exhaust on. Nice. And. I don't want to get it mapped before I get the DSG service, so I'll get DSG service, and then I'll take it up to Autotune to get the, the file put on. Very good. And that'll be the end of it. No more modifications. Absolutely. Aye. Note the date and time. Yes. yes. <laughs> Someone write that down. Yes, Your Honour. Yes, Your Honour. That's not going to happen. Um, my toxic relationship with cars continues. Uh, A4 cab issues. Uh, there's a lot of issues going on with it. And a lot of money needs to be spent. So nice. Sad times, beans and toast. Yeah. For the foreseeable. <laughs> I have a bit of that coming up as well here shortly. Yeah. But apart from that, not a lot. Just very excited for next weekend. We're going to roll hard. Yes indeed. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Although I am absolutely gutted that the jet is not going. Like I'm actually depressed about it. That was the target. I thought it was clean fest. It was no, the target. It was the target. it was the target until you get into it. All right, and then you see what is in behind there, and you're like, "Yep." Well, then I might as well pass the baton on to you then, or whatever. Yeah, well, part of that is uh, I've been working on the Jetta, so this is a hundred percent testing me. Like that's a bit funny. I can't remember. Oh, it was it was Declan Murray I was talking to, and I was saying like it's funny because when we started this podcast, it was in the middle of everything like shutting down, and nothing was really happening. We had lost power to the workshop because yeah. we we're building the new guard, so I couldn't really do any of the things I usually do. And most probably most people who know me from this podcast probably don't realize like the shit that we get up to with cars and that when I'm like, this is far from bragging, but like I'm the person who goes, yeah, I can do that. And then think, wonder, can I, but let's find out kind of thing. And like, this is one of those things where I've just literally cut the back end off Lee's car and went, okay, we're in this now. No, I have to put it back on. Now, the other way to look at it is if I don't do this work, if I don't do it, it's very difficult to get anyone to do it. So you may as well just give it a go. Is always my thinking on it too. Because as like we talked about with another car there I was saying before we come on. Um, 
it sat in a body shop for almost six months before it was touched, mm-hmm. despite it being a, a purse to get it to the shop in February kind of thing. Um, so even if it takes me longer to do, it's still going to be done quicker than a body shop would do it too, is the thing. And whoever was in there was an absolute tramp. It's the only way I can describe them. Um, the back panel has 100% been replaced, but it replaced so badly. It got down into the chassis legs. Now, thankfully, the donor car that Leah bought, the chassis legs are absolutely, like, they're, like, brand new. That thing is so good. Um, so just been getting Why are you that. chopping up again? Well, you see, I was listening to the People's Car <laughs> podcast yesterday, and they talked about this, and Ryan was like, why are you not just transferring everything across? But it's not the same car. No. Plus, the new car has a sunroof. Ugh. Plus, I don't really know how legit you could get the other car back on the road. No. I know how I would do it, but it wouldn't exactly be 100% legit. I was looking at the photos of it, and because I watch a lot of drift videos, I'm just sitting thinking, rear-wheel drive drift car. Yeah. Put a rear. Chop the back off, <laughs> plate her across. Um, but no. Well, ha- half of that's already done, so. Yeah. I'll tell I, just you see, what. I just see Connor Lee in the ADC next year in a VR6 Turbo rear-wheel drive Jetta. That'd be cool. It'd be fast, because it weighs nothing. <laughs> tail happy. The what I did notice, or what I did thing was uh, in work for like sheet metal work. We use Clayco pins. Have you ever seen mm-hmm. those? Or mm-hmm. yeah, um, and I got myself some. And once I had offered up the panel enough times, my plan was get the panel up and then put the chassis legs in between, trim them to suit kind of thing, and see using the Clayco pins to hold the panel on. Unbelievable. Because he went from like trying to hold this three foot long panel at both ends and fuck about with it, and suddenly just drilled two, three point three mil holes and pop them on. You're like, oh, and two seconds takes them in and out with the pliers. They're so easy. So that was a a big help. And it's the first time I've ever used them, which is good. But the killer with it is, it's like you have to cut something and then offer it up and then take it off, cut it again, offer it up, and it's the age old thing of like you, you could do it in one cut, and suddenly it's a few mil out, and you just made a lot more work for yourself kind of thing measure twice cut 15 times exactly yeah only it's <laughs> fucking like a thousand times um like it's just i'm actually sick of fucking cutting stuff and getting nowhere but i have now the panel keep the petrol matches away from me yeah so i was just going to set fire to myself the other night to be honest with you uh still wouldn't do it to the jetta but i have the back panel offered up perfectly it's ready to go we just need to get the chassis legs sorted now and then once they're done i can tack it all together pull the back panel off weld the ring up kind of thing so uh, what else did I order? Are you doing this at nights, weekends? Yeah, weekends and nights. That's the thing. All oh, consuming. And I was doing Oh, yeah, 100%. And I was doing it in the new garage, which we said we weren't going to do any of that kind of work in it. Um, yeah, but, but it was there, so. Yeah. What are you going to do? But I was doing it with no lights and no power. So I had to like, have the door open and then run the extension. So basically, out. you're Chronicles of Riddick style? Pretty much. I'm doing this. Like, <laughs> I may as well be doing this out in the street. Um... <laughs> So it's getting there slowly, but it's it'll be good when it's done. The other thing is a reference I just it made was, there. Yeah, I, was, I just came nerdy. out of the sky there. Sorry about that. Uh, what else did I order? Ordered Eastwood. Eastwood do like shoot uh, back to the previous episode of Fast and Furious about the reference to Vin, exactly Vin Diesel. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I think that was two episodes ago. Uh, Eastwood, who are like I think they're an American company, but they do like they sell a lot through Frost UK. Um, do like a frame spray that has like a wand that goes up in, and it's like a rust encapsulator and and like a like a top coating as well in one. So you put it up the frame rails, pull it out, and then it sprays like 360 degrees. And then I have a built hamber cavity wax order that does the same. So my thinking is once it's done, 
seal it all in, you know, have it that this isn't going to give an issue again for the next 30 or 40 years. And by that stage, Lee will probably be dead. So I'll definitely be dead by then, yeah. so I'll not be worrying. I'll probably be dead next year with my yeah. monster aging. Well, I don't plan on living past like 50, so. What's the point of doing all this? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if it lasts that length of time, it'll be good. But yeah, it's it's a serious work. Um, I did post a few photos on the Instagram page the other day yeah. just to show what we're doing. And that quote that went about what a normal people, non-car people do, like the easy life that they live, and it's so true. <laughs> I, I just what, imagine people not into cars come home and sit and watch X Factor and do nothing else. What's the plan when you get the back end on? Is it just spray the area or full spray? or Just spray the area, get it back on the road again. Aye, back in the quarter panels. The car will get painted at some point. For now, it's just get it yeah. back on the road for clean fist. But at the same time, I'm not compromising doing the work right, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's just a pain in the arse. But it's good. Um, on the back of that, I did mention that I've been working in the garage with no lights and uh, no power. We're making a headway at that. So we had Ricky down. So Ricky, Ricky doesn't listen to the podcast, by the way. Ricky does. Well, does. he told me he doesn't because he doesn't have time to. Oh, he gets slapped. Yeah, I seen him on the I cameras. Says, he has plenty of time. I says, <laughs> <laughs> says them you not stick your earphones on when you're working. That's wild dangerous. Oh, that's true. I one of, one of the sparks I know so does that. You can't hear that electric. Oh, we could creep up on it. <laughs> yeah, it's really working on sites. It's dangerous, like. But um, yeah, so Ricky's been down. He has what eighty percent of it wired at the moment this week, yeah. which is great. I went total overkill with the sockets around the walls. I think with twenty doubles. Um, the doors are wired. Extra switches. Everything's neat and tidy with the conduit. Ricky is OCD. Yes, and it makes me happy. Yeah, because and he, he said he's been doing site work this last while, and he's doing this, and nobody's annoying him. So he just goes in and he gets left alone, and he he's like working out how to run things neat, and he's actually really enjoying it. And I'm like, well, if he's enjoying this, he's paying attention to what he's doing with it, so it's good. I like it when Ricky comes out and does work because he's very attention to detail. And then he put me on to a plumber, mm-hmm. uh, Harbour from Ballygown. And he's exactly the same with pipes. Aye. It's just like it has to be straight. It has yeah. to be. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how he does the feeds board on it because I know that'll be nice. Yeah. Um. It's my. It's his Instagram stories when he turns up the jobs where just a hatchet job has been done. Oh yeah, and there's plenty of those. Like because our house, because our house is so old, the fuse box on it too, like the actual fuse board in the house, is oh, it looks like questionable. An I- it looks like an IED. Like, you know, it's it looks like it's about to explode. Um, Your target of Bin Laden, right? Yeah. And he he went to connect into it there during the week. And he rang me and he was like, eh, this fuse board wouldn't be the best. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> he told me that when I first moved into my house. And I'm still in the Well, <laughs> I said to him, I was like, just change it because we're going to rewire the house anyway. So I was yeah, like, it was just, like, Rick, we're under no illusions that, yeah. you know, we don't think that that's, that it's grand. And but. I, it freaks me out, that fuse board. So if, if he sorts that, I'm more than happy. So, Sweet. Uh, yeah, external lights are up. Um, is it left there that the lights are running and the doors are running? So he's come back to the sockets and stuff. But the light difference in the well, the light difference is unbelievable because from no lights to some no lights, lights. <laughs> to some lights, but it's unreal. Like I was going to put twenty eight lights in that place at one point. He, he was actually on six. the phone to me when he was in it, and he was saying that he just wanted to put twenty eight in. And he like he's nailed the six. He's six. Yeah, uh, he got me down to six, and it's very good. Kind of a difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if there I'll, was 28 lights in there, it would be like an x-ray. Mask. You'd literally be mask. able to see through people. Yeah, well, you'd be doing well to see through me. <laughs> you were on about like Neo from the Matrix with sunglasses on. Um, the tiniest sunglasses in the world. 
but yeah, so that's that's absolutely brilliant to see. Um, on that subject, have you seen the trailer for John Wick's? No, four. No, I have seen. I haven't seen any. They're of those reunited. Ever. Reunited. Have you seen any Fishborn of those films? No. Fishborn and uh, I have never Keanu. seen those films. Yeah. Uh, apparently, everybody. Ha- sorry, sorry. Yeah, this is the reaction. I like it. You have not seen John Wick's. No. Get out. No. <laughs> uh, it's supposed to be very good. It's just pure, test- pure testosterone. It's one of those things that you know when I get all the things in life I have to do done, I'll probably watch it then. So I like never. to wa- I like to watch uh play it at my funeral. X Special Forces breakdown films. I, I've seen bits and pieces of God, like about sniper shots and stuff like that. Like thirteen hours, Black Hawk Down. Yep. Stuff. I love Black Hawk and Down. And these these Navy SEALs guys are just destroying it. Like you no know, Sicario. You've got the Oh yeah, Sicario's fantastic. Thank, thank yeah. goodness you yeah. watched Sicario. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the opening scene of Sicario when the SWAT team comes in on the house. Yeah. Within two seconds, they go, stop. Do the way they're coming down the house in uh-huh. the desert. They're all wearing black. And they said, wouldn't we wear black? Desert. What the <laughs> hell is this? Yeah. Look at the ninjas coming down the hill. We better run. Yeah. So it looks <laughs> looks good in a film, though. Um, Off topic as usual. Sorry, I continue. No, I, I love Sicario. It's very good. Oh, the Bora. I'm in an abusive relationship with the Bora, it seems. So not content to be fully road legal and fixed. Uh, it has now decided to go off two cylinders. So I noticed that, what did they do? Went went for dinner or something? It's maybe seen the ice caps melting and went, I'm with Greta. I'm with Greta. No, fuck Greta. Um, so we nailed it down. It was sort of an intermittent fault. And I was like, it has to be electrical because of what it's doing, obviously. Um, it's off cylinder two and cylinder five. And I was like, that's funny, two cylinders down at once. But the Bora runs, because my Bora is a 24 valve, but it's an early one. It runs a coil pack as opposed to individual coils, like an R32. So the coils are actually linked. So there's three, basically way to put it is there's like three outputs for the coil that are linked to two outputs. So the same coil does cylinder two and cylinder five. So if it's down, that's why them two cylinders are off. So I'm thinking it's basically a wasted spark setup, but that's why I'm thinking it's the coil pack. So I'll have to get myself one of those. Unfortunately, they're expensive. So that'll be fun. And no doubt I'll replace that and then something else will break. A catalogue of events. It's funny when it goes off four cylinders though because it has even less power. Or goes on to four cylinders because it's even less power. And it drops to about 16 miles to gallon. That's just great news. Yeah, which is good. <laughs> Essentially as well today though when it's doing 22 miles to gallon at current fuel prices it cost me 50p a mile to drive it. What's fuel up your way at the moment? Ooh. It's down a bit but it's not. I bought 99 well down. the other day. And it was 197p, but 97 slightly less. The 24-hour is 167 for unleaded and 178 for diesel at the moment. All right, very good. That, that's coming down rightly. I know heat noise yeah. and stuff has come down. I know down. you're sitting there going, that's cheap. I is know. it thick? No, it isn't. That's the it was cheaper thing. than it was a month ago. They're reporting, reporting, talking from Saudi, 50p a litre. I didn't we share something as well there from somewhere out in the Middle East? It was like 17 p a litre. Yeah. I think I need to move. I'll probably get killed for doing something My wrong. My wife's but... cousin, he was an engineer. He worked out in Dubai probably about over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he drove a V8 Land Cruiser. Because he it, could. I think at the time it cost £11 to fill up. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Must have <laughs> been like £111 more here. Oh. Um, Lee, have you any... New with you? Not particularly. I'm back to the podcast. You are indeed. Which is, you know, how the session back. go? How the session go? It was brilliant. Um, Many regrets. No, never, never. 
Never regret the, the talk. The talk me into coming out with them in the, end of the evening for dinner. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Oh. You met by masses, were you? Not as bad as I thought they were going to no. be, to be fair. It was good. <laughs> um, but yes, I got some written up on the on the last podcast. You I did, did listen. Ah, you were oh, mentioned dear. a few times. <laughs> but uh, you would have thought after uh, a four-week gap that I would have something to talk about. But I'm very sorry to say that I really don't because work is just life at the minute. Yeah. And, uh, it's probably most heavily linked with what I talked about as well. Yeah. Garage is, uh, garage is good news. Oh, I, no, I did discover one thing during the week, which I meant to show you before we came on the podcast, but I'll show you later on, about the Superb. So a colleague of mine was over with me this week, and he has just bought a 2020 Superb. Nice one, white estate. Lovely. Um, So it's pretty much the same spec as mine, except a couple of little extra upgrades, because it's the slightly the new model. newer model. So he has the button that closes the boot. Ah, yes. As opposed to I just have the, like Nigel has. the rubber strap. I thought that's the silliest thing in the world until I got one. Yeah. And then you use it. I have genuine jealousy of people who have that now. Um, So there's a couple other things, but good thing is mine's still got the two umbrellas. His has only got one. Ugh. Oh, just the driver's one? It has the slot for two. Do you call them But pe- one of them's obviously got uh, missing. Somebody's Do you call them peasant? Stuff yeah, like that? Yeah. Only one umbrella. Probably has DeWalt stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But uh, we were chatting about, and he said, oh, I've got this liner thing for the boot, you know, and, and I said, I had bought a net for mine, like, ages ago, because the boot's so big, and I go away, like, to work all week with my little suitcase, but it just slides around the boot. Every time mm-hmm. you go, all you can hear is it just crashing around in the boot. It's actually really annoying. But then the net that I had got doesn't work with the tying points, and so now it just goes in the boot, and it is what it is. And he was like, oh, those wee Velcro things, they're really handy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my car doesn't have those. It must be one of the things that yours has or the newer one. Then we went out and he was putting something in the boot and he pulled off the wee, one of the little side pod things and took this Velcro thing out and stuck it down. So it's like a piece of plastic and it folds in the middle. Mm -hmm. It's Velcro on the bottom. So it creates a little corner. Ah. So you can stick it to the carpet and then it stops whatever, like your suitcase. Like a fence. Sliding around. My car does have them. They're like on the, you know where the side pockets are, oh. where the first aid kit and stuff is. Down below those, there's two pieces of plastic. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was part of the mouldings of the boot, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's them. So, so my car does have them. So, you're just, you're just so I was like, oh, this is the best day ever. <laughs> awesome. You've just been talking with something like that for ages. I know. Too. Yeah. Very good. So happy days. There you go. Superb. Old dog, new tricks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a new car. Yeah. Uh, I have one last bit, and it's just a shout out. Uh, Lee, you'll know about this. don't think you will, Nigel, but our listener, Ungluck, Chris from Texas. Oh, yeah. Um, is having a pretty rough time at the minute. I'll not go into it 100%, but a lot of medical issues. He sent me photos of him. He looks like he's been an extra in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, he's well opened up. He's having a rough time of it he's a death in the family he's absolutely fantastic fabricator big supporter of the podcast he's worked for singer for a long time he was one of their lead fabricators a lot of race teams and stuff um just a shout out that you know we're thinking about him and there's actually his friend has set up a gofundme for him as well so if you type in ungluck you uh u-n-g-l-u-c-k and gofundme you can find it and if you can throw him anything because the fella can't work for months and months on end sort of thing so it's not something i normally do for gofundmes and stuff but just seeing what happened and stuff i was like yeah that's 
definitely worthwhile. So yeah. shout out to Chris. Get better um, soon. Yep. Much love. So yeah, that's me for new with me. Cool. Shall we move on then to uh, news news? Yeah. Why not? not? This will be a shit show. Okay. You kick it <laughs> off. That's a shit show. <laughs> um, well, we'll kick it off with the F1. Sorry, Andy. So... <laughs> Have we seen what's happened with the F1 this week or the last two weeks? It's absolutely fantastic. It has been like Netflix must be rubbing their hands with glee. And they'll still (laughs) manage to dramatize it further. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So we've had for anyone that doesn't follow or hasn't seen it, but actually it's been generally interesting because Alonso has decided he's parting ways with Alpine for Aston Martin, which was a Serious downgrade, in my opinion. Mm, absolutely. I'll hear it's Lawrence what move, about Cotton. you. Let's see if it pays off for him. Lawrence has opened the wallet, I would say. Um, so then they obviously announced Piastri, or Piastri as we like to call him, and uh, he turned them down. Quite publicly. Yeah, quite publicly, yeah. It, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was an interesting, ballsy move on his part. You know, obviously if Alpine overreached or fucked up or whatever they've done, uh, he came out and physically slapped them down kind of thing with his statement uh, he's done of, himself no favours that's what I thought it, it kind of like he's sort of pushed it a bit for a driver who is, hasn't raced one season or one race Other teams look at that going, he looks like trouble he's an arsehole yeah um, I although did, in fairness most of them are oh 100% um, I did laugh as well Albon has extended his contract with Williams and he released a statement did you see it no so his statement was a carbon copy of Piastri's I'm not driving for these people, except saying I am driving for these people. I thought it was very smart. <laughs> Just took the piss. Um, so Pierre Gasly liked this. Yes. <laughs> and so he's now been linked with moving to McLaren, which is weird because McLaren currently have two drivers, which mm-hmm. means well, Danny. not anymore. Yeah. So every time I've written notes or something on my phone about this for news, it has changed. It's changed again. And no doubt when we but say this, it's going to change again. Was there again. not an F1 commentator who, at the end of an injury, or no, TV piece, talked about Daniel Ricciardo's contract ends in this season and he's leaving F1. Or he said something like, I can't believe we'll not have Daniel next year. No, well, he was contracted for 2023, I think. Yeah, and is adamant that he's going to see it out. So the problem is... But apparently, um, I was reading this morning, so that, well, I've read over the week, obviously, they can just pay him his contract to just sit and do fuck all, if yeah. that's what it comes to. But Happens in football with managers all the it time. It also oh, really? might not um, come about, because then the latest thing that I read, again, this will probably change by th- this evening, was that Alpine are still adamant that they have a contract with, them. with Piastri, and that they're going to force him to race for them. Well, the Because weird- apparently it's, they think they have a valid contract with him. Well, if he's saying paper, they do. Yeah. The, the weird thing is, right, so it puts everyone in a strange position because if he gets forced to go to Alpine, they know they have a driver that doesn't want to drive for them. And if Danny Ricardo enforces McLaren to keep him on and race... He's, he's in a team that doesn't want him. Yeah. And if they sideline him... Ideal, really. Yeah, and <laughs> if they, they sideline him, that's potentially his last year racing. It's a bit of a shit end to his career, you know, yeah. to turn around and say, Definitely. well, you're sitting on the sidelines kind of thing. Um, he has also been linked to possibly moving back to Alpine, which probably no bad move for him either. Um, Still be in the midfield, like that yeah. wouldn't really probably change much. Potentially a better car for him because he hasn't gelled with that McLaren at all. No, but it has been. But he left them after a year high and dry, so yeah, 
probably bad feeling there too. And I I do find that this is all linked back to Alonso just throwing the fucking hand grenade in and going, see his boys, I'm away next year. <laughs> so he hasn't made, let's say, the best career moves in his in his time either. Alonso? In fairness, no, no. So him and Danny Rick are the king of poor choices. I think uh, emotional decisions. Yes, emotional leakage. Um, yeah, so it, it has been fun to watch, I have to say. I would uh, I'd close with this statement. Uh, drama worthy of an Oscar. <laughs> Pun intended. Yes, I like it. <laughs> so yeah. Um, are you going to talk about F1? Have you got more in F1? Or? Uh, no, I think that's me for Do F1. Do you want to talk about F1 Ferrari tactics last week? No. Oh Christ. Oh my God. Yeah. Here, actually let's, that. let's throw this nope. in the bin this race. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still convinced that the only two people in the entire Ferrari team that want to win are the two drivers. Because yeah. nobody else seems to want to win. Yeah. It's absolutely mental, the decisions that they're making. And it's easy, like I've always said, it's easy to sit and say with hindsight, yeah, you should have done this, you should have done this. But when your two drivers are disagreeing with every decision that the team makes, there's something up. Do like. you know what it reminds me of? The season there was Schumacher and Irvine, Eddie Irvine. Oh, and Schumacher was having a shit show and Irvine was winning. Okay. He had a contract that shadowed in comparison to Schumacher. Mm-hmm. It was clear that Ferrari didn't want Irvine an undercar or an understudy Aye. taking the world championship and they sidelined him sidelined him and they screwed up his last race at Suzuka and he missed out the world championship well see I'm still convinced that they see Leclerc as the number one driver oh absolutely but Sainz is showing him up at the minute yeah yeah so it's it's funny like um, yeah F1 at the minute is absolutely fantastic to watch and it's a pity there's a break here another thing is this break will allow me to work on the Jetta <laughs> Because it usually kills Sundays for us. Just get a TV and a sofa, put it into the garage. Yeah, well, that's the plan. That's the eventual plan. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, it's been very very fun to watch, and it'll be interesting to see when it comes back. Because I'm sure this will develop. I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the next episode as well. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, anybody? Anything else? Um, just another magazine has hit the hay. Uh, is print dead? The story continues. Um, Practical Performance Car Magazine announced they were going to stop. Uh, publication this August. Oh, I thought you were going to say Practical Classics and I nearly had a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, so it's been only 18 and a half years. Very good magazine. Um, they blame tough market, falling subscription, circulation, increasing costs. Just said it was no longer sustainable. It seems to the way with a print magazine, which kills me. Like. Here's the thing though as well. Try and try and buy one. No yeah. one fucking stocks them anymore. But here's the thing too. If you're selling them and nobody's buying them, why yeah. stock them? The only place I know but that you I can't can buy them if they're not in the shop. Yeah, it's Cats Twenty Two. Like, like you can't, you can never find PBW. Do you know where I have? To, I have to drive or else Lee drives almost to Lisburn to get PBW now. And it used to be you couldn't go in the shop without seeing it. Yeah, it was everywhere. So, like, how long's that drive? Over ten miles. Yeah, but it's a plan to band. If you have a shop and nobody's buying it, you'll get it in. But how come Broom Hedge, which is Broom Hedge the tiniest shithole of a shop, every magazine? Under the sun, including it's the porn best. magazines, they must they must get people buying it. Yeah, yeah. there's but a high that's demand for porn magazines. Everybody knows that. <laughs> that's now where you have to go to get it. To get it, that's yeah. where I go. I get practical classics. I get popular mechanics. Get PVW. They've loads of stuff in there, and but there's loads of everything from farming magazines and motorbike stuff that you don't see anywhere else. Top shelf, lovely jubblies. There is. There's certainly some of that, but you know, weird stuff as well. Not weird, but you know shooting and fishing and farming and there's a magazine in there for everything there's like yeah, every hobby uh, yeah it's brilliant and what is that just a wee news, news agents three or? petrol station 
know if you, you know where Gavin Black's place is? Mm-hmm. If you're heading out that road into Lisburn. Yes. Not Down the, on the right-hand side. Ah, yeah, it's yeah. now in Circle K. Yeah. But it's a wee tiny one with people. I think the people live there, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a wee tiny, tiny shop, but they can do all the magazines. Yeah, to me, there's nothing like... I think but I said here, this before. There's nothing like having it in your hand, but like a magazine, <laughs> a magazine in your hand, here. you know. But here's the thing too: even you go into Tesco's now, the magazine section's fallen. Oh yeah, because yeah. the magazine all section so. used to be just like a library. Now it's yeah. I have zero interest in reading stuff online. I really do. I can all browse through something. But, but I think that's a generational thing. Aye, yeah, I'm definitely. Just is. old now because my kids will read anything online. Aye, R.I.P. I have some good news. Lots of change. Which is a uh, new Lego store opening in Dublin, Some 18th of August. Paul Glennon tagged us in this, didn't whoop, he? Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Because I had in my news that there's a new Lego Camaro. When I'll go down then. Which is awesome. So then I'll be able to go to the new Lego store in Dublin and buy a Lego Camaro. There we go. Because why not? 18th of August. Whereabouts is it? I think it's right in the city centre, which is unfortunate. Is. 18th of August is this Thursday, is it? Thursday, I think, ah, yeah. it's weird. Pity we couldn't combine it into our Mandela trip. I was thinking that actually, yeah. yeah. I mean, quite good. <laughs> oh, by the way, we've bought tickets to LZ. LZ Fest. Oh, yeah, I think we talked about that, didn't we? Yeah. So there's a big carload of us going down there. Excellent. That'll be good fun. Looking forward to it. Well, LZ Fest will probably have some rear-wheel drive cars. I have some rear-wheel drive news. So um, sorry, on the topic of LZ, Diffworks done a video there, I think. They're definitely bringing the S15 over. Okay. But they pulled the A86 down, the one with the V8 on it. Uh-huh. And they're hoping to have it. I think there's going to be some serious nice cars of this. That's what I would drive down solely for, to watch that go around. Yeah. I've watched videos and videos. It just sounds like pure thunder. I love when you have a car like that that would literally make someone drive 100 miles just to see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I like it with shows and stuff too. It's just so cool. Um. Yeah, so the Toyota, the much acclaimed Toyota GR86 um, is now having engine issues, it seems. So... This apparently has been a thing as well with the older um, GT86, but where this happened was um, apparently they're being built, which I think Subaru actually built the engines, but they're being built and they're putting too much RTV sealer in running and it gets into the oil system and blocks the oil pump and causes oil starvation. Um, it's a common issue in Mark 5s. Oh, really? So this guy... The pickup there, they would clog in the... I Mark 4s as well, I think yeah. the 20 valves do it, but this is actually clogged by sealant. Yeah, well, uh-huh. boys, boys will change. They'll take the bottom oil pan off uh-huh. and they'll put too much sealant in. Ah. Well, this, this is actually, this is a factory issue too. All right. So, and the beauty of this is this is a Toyota car. Toyota are getting absolute shit for it and Subaru sitting back laughing because they built the engine. Um, this guy, Blake, and I'm going to butcher this, Alvadaro, um, had engine failure in his 2022, so this year car with 14,000 mile on it. Brought it to Toyota under a warranty issue and they denied him. Why did they deny him? Because track day. It's on a track day. Yeah. How did they find out? It's social media. Because he put it all over Facebook and stuff. Uh, one of the service advisors turned it down without even looking at the car because they had done a track day in it. Now, the interesting thing is when you buy a GR86, uh, it's also, so it's just built as a lightweight racing sports car or whatever. It also comes with a one year NASA. National Auto Sport Association, and they actually say on their website, the race people, not the space people. Uh, <laughs> like that. <laughs> it comes with a year's membership for them, a complimentary track day, and discount on a helmet. So Toyota are advising you to track this car. But they're, they're actively encouraging you. But when you blow up the engine on it. But they've done a U-turn on it now, they are going to fix it. 
Yes, yeah. that's what I was going to say. So this one around the internet for about three or four days, absolute shit show. The Drive, Motor One, a few of the other um, big like automotive news ones. Ourselves, obviously now, you know, yeah. the big guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> have publicized the shit out of it and Taylor done a U-turn and are now standing over it. But they're not offering it as a recall. So what happens when someone comes along who hasn't the backing of all these big yeah. sites? You know, that's the issue. But... I just thought it was a bit hypocritical to turn and go, oh, you used that in the track day? No thanks, mate. But hang on, did you use your free track day? Yeah. You know, it's the age-old thing of, fuck you, mate. Don't do as I do, do as I say. Yeah, pretty much. Um, which is weird. I was going to say Toyota are known very much for reliability, but then if Subaru are built in the engines, they're not really known for <laughs> no, reliability. Not so much. You know yourself. <laughs> Surprised it wasn't a head gasket went. Well, give it time. So... It'll be interesting to watch what happens with that if there is a development because a lot of people have said I think it was I think Toyota wanted like oh it was like fifteen grand or something to replace the engine on it. Nice. Like, ah, no thanks. <laughs> I did actually notice as well when they did say they were going to fix the issue, this was the the statement quoted uh, it would be rebuilt by and I quote by the best sorry, by the most qualified tech available and as by the book as possible. Is that not a weird statement? Yeah. So like, we're going to get the best boy available, which could be the apprentice, depending yeah, on, on depending the day. Depending on who is doing what on the day. And they're going to do it as as the book as possible. Why not just do it as By the, the book? book? Yeah. So mm. that's a very sketchy statement. I didn't think it was a bit fucking weird. Mm. That's a get out clause if there ever was one. So yeah. Hello, Toyota. <laughs> uh, Volkswagen news, because we're biased that way. Good news, Lee, possibly. Okay, good. Because the be a change golf face was shit. Yeah, and uh, electrical golf stuff sucks. In, golf 9 and doubt due to rising costs with development of ice cars, internal combustion engine cars. It's a bad job when it's good news they're going to cancel a golf like that. Yeah. Skoda's former head honcho took the reins of the VW Core brand on April 1st this year and has questioned the golf's future because of increasing costs with the development of cars equipped with combustion engines. So these Euro 7 regulations are expected to arrive in the coming years and this will drive the price of the uh, internal combustion engine car by three to five thousand he went on to say the end is nigh for ten thousand car ten thousand euro cars in europe because making combustion engines comply with the stricter legislation regarding emissions will increase development costs vw top brass announced a mid-cycle facelift is being worked on for the current golf but a mark 9 is uncertain at this point he pointed out that engineering a new ice car that is unlikely to have the traditional life cycle of 78 years and might not be worth Worth it, adding it's extremely expensive to develop Euro 7 compliant vehicles. Reading between the lines, a statement about the Golf 9 not being sold for the full 78 years is related to the sales bans on new cars equipped with gasoline and diesel engines that will come into effect in the EU in 2035. The current generation model has been around since 19 and is likely to receive a facelift in 23-24 that will be sold for another 3-4 to four years. So... Big dramas in Volkswagen. Mm. That's been on the cards for a long time. Like, yeah. you know, and but there's a lot of there's a lot of cars just hanging on this combustion engine ban. Yeah, it's being extended. You'll find the same thing will happen with the Civic. You know, anything that's iconic like that, especially for our generations, the Golf, the Civic, Corolla. You know, it's the last hurrah. Like, look what Dodge are doing. You know, they're I love just, Dodge. Dodge are just fucking everything they can into big engines into small cars just to get it out there. And because they know it's not, it's not going to happen. They're, they're pushing these electric cars on the false pretense. Oh, it's better for the planet. No, it doesn't. Look, oh, at, the, look at the production costs, the damage to the environment, blah, blah, blah. 
and then they're they're also saying oh it's going to be cheaper you're going to reduce your your travel costs on the rest of it no it isn't electrics through the roof it's nearly costing per mile the same as a combustion engine so why fucking buy one yeah 100 yeah. percent. so they're going to force people to buy them by banning combustion engines much like the inspiration from the meme that I shared yesterday, which will be long gone, we need to start eating lithium so they can't make the batteries for the cars anymore. Just do lines of lithium in the nightclub? Yeah. I suppose that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> Give it time. Yeah, that'll happen. We should encourage this. Do drugs, kids. <laughs> um, yeah, but all those brands are all going to go away. They're not going to make an electric golf. You know, look what Ford have done, the EV Mustang Mach-E thing. Like, you know, it's not the same. Just fucking you're flogging a dead horse let it die yeah go back to building mark ones my money's in synthetic fuels come on porsche sort yeah, it out that would be good. yeah if they can sort that would be cool. any automotive journalists are now hyping up synthetic fuel as the savior uh it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen now all these the fuel companies themselves then when everybody switches ev you know it's a big big loss for them i'm surprised they're not trying to lobby against that or even trying to push the synthetic fuels it's a little of shit yeah, Shell are going into more like an energy company. Oh, right. Fair enough. From what I can gather from their stupid adverts on TV. <laughs> they plenty of money to put them adverts on TV, mm-hmm. you see, anyway. Aye, they're not worrying about it. No. The Boris font news. I think, Nigel, on the last one when Lee wasn't here, you and I talked about the second-hand car market was starting to recover a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually seen an article on auto trader by for, recover do you mean become more sensible yeah like starting Good. starting stabilize, to recover stabilize yeah. is the word um so auto trader reckon that we're wrong so they have done the maths and apparently um well they have the biggest database of second hand cars which would make sense um they reckon that new car registrations are still down 9% but that's the lowest that they've been down you know, so it is it's creeping back to mm normality kind of thing but on the flip side of this they reckon that the average car price that they have for sale is up uh, four thousand one hundred pounds from last july sorry from july 2019 and from up three thousand three hundred pounds up from last year so that a sample of like nine hundred thousand vehicles and the average price of the vehicle for sale was 17 grand or obviously before it would have been 13 grand um that a bit of a breakdown of cars that are up so the likes of cars that are up, and this covers all fuel types as well, so it's just an average of them. Seat Alhambra, uh, Renault Scenic, Fuso 207, 107, and the Fiat Punto are the top five that are up. So to me, that's smaller cars. And, and people carriers. And people carriers. Um, the ones that have been down, now when I say those cars were up, those cars were up 40% or more um, in the top five. The ones that are down are only down two to four percent kind of thing but it's the gas guzzlers it's your jag f type uh your mazda rx7 not so much or sorry rx5 mx5 rf which is not a gas guzzler but it's a sports car uh rs3 as well was the big drop and then the big things like a land over disco 4 your mazda cx30s you know anything that's hard on fuel which is obvious to see when you see the price of fuel people aren't going towards those things um so they have dropped slightly where the other cars are up massively from a year ago you know like a 40 percent hike in a saddle ambra that's 18 grand is a massive jump but it'll be interesting with people having bought these cars and the arse falls out of the market and you're still financing it you know you're you're caught essentially it's the same thing happened with housing and negative equity yeah 0809 kind of shit uh but i did think that was interesting just after us talking about seeing it although we're probably looking at 
stuff a lot lower down the market than this, you know, newer cars. Like we're looking at. I don't think there's any good news that way coming because this Taiwan uh, China thing, if it escalates, like one it's of the shit one of the world's biggest semiconductors is Taiwan. Okay, right. That'll be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would listen to a few sort of market, uh, or sorry, follow a few uh, market trading Instagram pages, mm-hmm. and they were saying to invest in uh, semiconductors when it falls. Aye. You know, bear market or whatever you I want to call it. I try and catch it. Um, because they, they think that's going to snowball that way, isn't it? That'll be fun. So I'm going to invest in uh, a car. I saw it online the other day. I mentioned it to you and Stefan, I think, the other night. I was like, why are we fucking around with Mark IIs and shit that are ridiculous money? Because you can buy an Aston Martin DB7 for like 19 grand. That's right. And I'm just going to do that. Because why the fuck not? Because <laughs> it'll probably break. And then you can, but here you can buy Mondeo parts for it, so it's all good. Oh, well, yeah. true, yeah. yeah. It's a fancy Mondeo Sweet crib. 3.2 supercharged. No bother. Sweet. Lovely. Nice wee driving thing for you. That'll do me. I'll be fun to run. You're wasting the time with the Bora. Fuck, I am. <laughs> it feels like a lot. I just love that thing. Uh, what else have you guys got? Uh, I just have one kind of weird, funny one. Um, strange World Records. Did anybody see this? World no. Record was broken uh, recently there. Uh, shortest time to change a tire on a moving vehicle. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I'm going to guess this is Germans. Uh, Italians, in fact. Ah, close. <laughs> Um, they pulled off the impossible by changing a tire in a moving vehicle in just one minute and 17 seconds. One Mate. of them sitting in the driver's seat of an E46 BMW. Uh, the other one clambered out the passenger window. So he was driving oh. it up on two wheels. You know, like the stunt Aye, thing. Yeah. So he tipped it up on they two were wheels. They were lines of lithium, were they? They were definitely on the lithium, <laughs> yeah. Um, what was going on? Uh, yeah. Did just change hilarious. the tire or change the wheel? Change the wheel. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I was thinking of the logistics of that. I was like, oh, is this? you would think, okay, this is a new record. No, they broke the existing record, ah. which was one minute and thirty seconds. <laughs> but they used a Milwaukee lithium. Oh yes, well, I would say only so. the best. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, what was the car? An E forty six. E forty six. I have a, a kind of screenshot of it here from the video. Ah yes. Looks very sensible, doesn't it? It does. My question is why? Yeah, that's to be in the Guinness Book of Records, as you do. Yeah, interesting. Basically, you'd be in the Guinness Book of Records for I think. Oh yeah, I, I'm the Guinness Book uh, Guinness Book of World Records for walking from here to there. Unless you're building giant bonfires because they messed it up. Ah, right. Okay. <laughs> they didn't get into it. There is a guy. Nope. Why not? Because they didn't have the official guy there. They didn't pay him to come. Yeah. Because you've did the way the, the Guinness so records in other words, work. They spent the money on a carryout rather than bringing the Guinness book. Aye, that sounds I, a bit. I right. think it's something like eight grand, and they didn't give them enough time or money to come over. So the, they have to, the two adjudicators have to come. Obviously, yeah. you have to pay for their accommodation and stuff and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, that's you can you can have a Guinness record for anything as long as it's adjudicated. That's I think the there's a guy in the book who has the record for having the most records in the book. Oh, right. <laughs> wonder if the adjudicator could sit at home and do that yeah. one, couldn't he? Just look it up. Well, we know there's a lot of evil in the world at the minute. Yes. And there's an evil force re-entering the world from 2004. 
And unfortunately, it's not Ebola. It's Pimp My Ride. <laughs> Pimp Back? It's back. It's back. Out of took Ebola. <laughs> On MTV? MTV UK's YouTube channel. The worst nightmare couldn't contemplate yeah. this. So... And hopefully it's not Tim Westwood who likes to be in court t- quite t- a lot recently. Timmy the Toucher. <laughs> no, it's not. I hope that's been proved or I'll get sued. Um, Who's your boy? <laughs> Who's your daddy? <laughs> um, yeah, so Tim Westwood is not back for obvious reasons. It's been he, hosted. He was in America. Exhibit. exhibit. Exhibit, yeah. So obviously it started out with Exhibit. He, and I always watched that and he was just holding back the laughter in some kids you could just see it in his eyes yeah, yeah he looked like he was we fucked your enjoyment. car up man enjoy it <laughs> wasn't so, it West Coast Customs he West Coast Customs yeah. they went bust I think they have had a checkered past yes um, yeah definitely they built some nice cars but they've had a lot of stuff uh, there was a lot of problems with the original series as well if you look at you can actually look up and there's people who have done interviews who were on the original Pimp My Ride America and it was like when they would have put like ridiculous things like, you know, water fish coolers tanks and fresh tanks. Stuff. They obviously did this. And then before they would return the car to the customer, they stripped everything out that was illegal. So you were handed back this like burr shell of a car that was an absolute shitbox kind of thing. Um, then it come to the UK. I don't know what year it came to the UK, but it was Jamie Shaw, Charisma, mm-hmm. uh, who done a lot of the Max Power cars. Yeah. They were doing the work. And Tim Westwood was, uh, he was hosting it. And it was equally as shit. And I'm sure this is going to be as well because... No, no, but there's extra shit when it comes to the UK. Like, Storage Wars in America. Uh-huh. Storage Wars UK is just it gets the worst. worst. <laughs> the worst. Well, this has been hosted by a rapper called Lady Lachure, who I've never heard of. Um, and the work's been done by a Surrey sounds based... like a razor or something. Oh, Lady Lachure. Potentially. Gillette. Uh, Lady Lachure. It's like the... Venus razors, it sounds like Shave her armpits with Lady Le Jour. Uh, <laughs> now in stock. Intimate feminine razors. <laughs> Works, let's go. Uh, yeah, so the work's done by Super drug. Sorry. <laughs> I can just see people Googling us right now. <laughs> what is this? God love the Americans. Sponsor our podcast, Lady Le Jour, please. Um. <laughs> Fact manscaped. That's it, I. <laughs> this is womanscaped. That's safe to raise, you can. Shave your coochie and your balls, no bar. Um, shave your tits. Harry <laughs> <So>, nips. <laughs> uh, yeah, so sorry, based uh, modifying shop, Rent Studios, who I've never heard of, they're doing the work on it. It's going to be shown on MTV UK's YouTube channel with in conjunction with eBay Motors, who do seem to do a lot with. They're pushing their YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, here's the fun part. There's a focus. What do you mean fun? It's, it's just so much fun so far. It's a focus on being green. So, off. This is some off. bullshit. Yeah. So basically, what they're saying is the show. Uh, it, it's basically to show the cost, both environmentally and in your pocket, of buying pre-loved green parts from eBay's recycled hub. Now, I would like to point out this is nothing new. People have made their living off selling second-hand parts. Like off the books, on the books, people have scrapyards for years. Why do since eBay cars think, were invented? Why do people think? Why did eBay think that people don't know that this is a thing? And if you want to get into the modified side of it, OEM Plus has been doing that for years. Yeah, like when Nigel, when you were taking parts from a newer model to put onto your Polo twenty years ago, I was green. Yeah, you were being green apparently. Yeah. So there you go. Environmentally um, conscious. What, what do you call 
Scrapyard Challenge. I really enjoyed Scrap that. Challenge oh, with yeah. Crichton. That was, that was brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. Like, your Vento back in the day had the second-hand Mitsubishi six-stud wheels on it. It did. You were being green. I was extremely environmentally conscious back then. Now, I have pictures in my head of this show, them pulling out some, like, Max Power monstrosity that has been in the scrapyard with a fiberglass body kit on it and trying to graft it onto whatever car they're doing, which I'm sure will happen. Because, like, realistically, if you build an OEM Plus car... It's not a very exciting, exciting thing, to thing to look to at show on TV. On TV. Yeah. They want drama and all this bollocks, so that'll be fun. The cars they're going to do, uh, there's six cars apparently. Three they've announced is a 92 Mitsubishi GTO, which they'll bastardize. Uh, a 66 Beetle, which they'll bastardize. Uh, a Vauxhall Safira. That's already bastardized. <laughs> Vauxhall done that from the factory. A Safira? Yeah. Is it a VXR one? I didn't say. Because so like it's going to be a TDI. Probably. Unless now they take, they go green and take a VXR engine out of something and put but it into it. you could buy it. a VXR Sophia. You could, I, but that wouldn't be green. Why not? Re- reusing the engine from another one would be green. I could reuse the engine it already has. There you go. <laughs> exactly. This is, uh, I'll probably watch about 20 minutes this and then throw the remote through the TV, but it'll be interesting. So yeah, this or Ebola, I'd have took Ebola. Ebola, yeah, Ebola ain't so bad when you're compared against that. It is. What else was back then in 04? Saddam Hussein, take him back. Bring him back. He provides stability to Iraq. He did. Killed a few million, but you know, things were stable. You have to kill a few million times just crack a few eggs and make an omelette. There we go. There you go. That's it. <laughs> and that summarizes that. There we go. Yeah. Nice. What else have we got? Have you anything else? Uh no. Nope. I uh, I have one last very small part. On the last episode we talked about Access Carnate and the shit show they were having with the local place. Yes, yeah. oh, forgot about that. Uh they had their Berlin show. And this is continued. Show? Yeah. Yeah. They were the place were walking around the show photographing cars to know what to lift on the way out. Right. Yeah. As they were leaving the show. Nice. So bad times for them. There's a lot more going on in the background, but I can't read German, so that that will come here. Oh, hundred percent, you know it will. So I it's would like quite to say to um unequivocally. Fuck the police. There you go. <laughs> the German police. The German police. Ice Cube was right. He was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's me out of news, folks. Uh, any YouTubes for us, lads? Just one. I have a handful here. Uh, TGE TV, uh, Tom Evans. He, a lot of top-end stuff he does. Uh, dips his toes into older stuff occasionally. Some of the stuff you can take it or leave it. But he bought a Carrera GT. Uh, you know, the MO4 ones that had the F1 engine in them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They retailed about 300, 300 and some thousand when they were new. Not a cheap purchase. But they are now into well over a million pounds now. So I think the same fellow is basically very smart and he's doubled his money basically, but he says he'll never sell it. Aye. But anyway, this video we done recently was the car had to go in for a service. So very interesting video basically breaking down the bill of what is involved when you take something like that into Porsche mm-hmm. dealer so there's obviously specialists that work on career GT so you're paying a premium the other thing is we need to go for this service it's an engine out job so then spec stuff uh-huh. uh, so you also bit, run into the thing of when it's out you may as well do this well this is the thing so that basically well it do nearly doubled if not tripled oh. this bill so basic service generally is about seven thousand pounds okay uh, that gets your engine out and then they'll go around the car and see what it needs, stuff like that, and inspect the clutch, inspect the gearbox, 
another problem these engines seem to have it's quad cam mm-hmm. they have uh, on the lobes of the cam there's a pitting that, that happens in them okay it eventually will go he got his lobes inspected said her yeah um and they were okay mm-hmm. but if they were bad each cam is ten thousand pounds each 40 grand oh. for your cams and it, it is an issue with them so it can happen that old strict cams looking a lot cheaper isn't it but in relative <laughs> terms you own a million pound car say you do you have to spend that sort of money but Aye. it's just the, the little details he was going around showing and he, he had the printout the estimation of the work and all the rest of it and it was very good of course to let him show that, show that yeah. sort of thing um, what was there a thermostat so thermostat on your board how much is that Ah, well, if it's like just a separate actual thermostat part yeah. that goes inside the housing, you're probably talking a tenner. 360 quid. As you do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, center cap decal for the locking wheel nut because uh-huh. they're center lock That's nuts. That's right, yeah. Uh, they basically, just like normal stuff, the sort of spider. And, oh, yeah, like water gets in under yeah, the, the grass. Yeah. Uh, I think it was £240 a cap. <laughs> I bought wheels for less than that. There was little screws, and then say you have ten of them. There's eighty quid because yeah. they were, you know, eight pounds each. Because the they are career GT specific. Yeah. The Americans talk about like nickel and diamond. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. Like yeah. it just all adds up. I I just found it fascinating the way they broke it down, and it's the kind of thing you know that when you own a car like that, like you're going to get destroyed on bits and pieces. But when you actually break it down like that as well, it just gets so much worse. You, know, you just kind of accept, you go, yeah, that's an expensive thing to own, but yeah. is any wonder a lot of that stuff doesn't get driven too. Mm. As sad as it is to see, like, you know, the wear and tear and the cost of parts, and someday those parts are going to be unavailable. Oh, so you know, that's the other thing. So that's my YouTube. Um, Didn't get a lot of time to watch stuff this week. No, I I have three here, Um, very, very quick, and just basically watched these as I was eating my dinner, was, uh, this one was sent in by Adrian McGrillan to me, and it was a crowd in the south called Evenflow. Uh, so they're basically, have you seen them? Headers. Southern Lunatics, Rally Mad, very lighthearted entertainment. Um, very hard to describe, so I just say check it out, but it, it is a good laugh. Um, Humble Mechanic Charles did a video on VR6 timing chain failure. Um, if Volkswagens aren't your thing, still well worth a watch because a lot of cars run timing chains, and it is interesting to see the devastation that happens when they do break. You know, that's the same for a belt or anything, but it's just interesting to see somebody methodically strip something down and go, this is what happened, and look what happens. You know, it's a sort-your-shit type moment. Yeah. Um, and lastly is DB Dailies. They had a video out for Ian's caddy update, which is quite interesting to watch. Going through, he's built a Mark One caddy, or a ride, there's an R32 engine in it, paint. He just talks you through what he's done and what's happened with it, and just interesting to see the updates on it. Especially on a local car, which is quite cool. Yeah. So that's my YouTubes. Cool. Awesome. So I'm going to take over the topic this week and I'm going to tell you a little story. So are you all sitting comfortably? Gather around, children. Nice then we'll begin. Comfortable. <laughs> For those listeners unfamiliar with Northern Ireland, the town of Ballymena sits more or less in the dead centre, halfway between Belfast and Derry Stroke Londonderry. It's a typical country market town built around a town square and it's been modernised with a famous shopping centre. I don't know if any of you know the name. Well, I mean, hi. <laughs> but mainly it's famous for being the hometown of Liam Neeson as well as Studio 10 Detailing. But for one brief moment, so the story goes, Ballymena became the epicentre of the 1970s hot hatch revolution. 
Deep in the heart of Wolfsburg, a few engineers have been cooking up a recipe that would change the face of motoring, inventing a whole new class of cars. Of course, the hot hatch. While Volkswagen had its fingers burned trying to make sporty versions of the Beetle that nobody bought, within the company there were those who realised that the new Golf hatchback had the potential to be rather more than just an economical family runabout. Against the wishes of the upper management, the press department head Anton Conrad and engineer Alphonse Lohenberg set about creating what was back then called the Sport Golf. Of course, we know the end of the story, and the Sport Golf became the Mark I Golf GTI, the king of the hot hatches ever since. So that's the end of the story. But what happened in the middle? You see, when Conrad and Lohenberg created that Sport Golf, it was a skunk works project, a Saturday afternoon job. And when the VW high-ups got wind of it, they sighed, rolled their eyes and said, all right, you can put it on sale, but we'll probably only sell about 5,000 of them. Such a short production run meant that there was no likelihood of right-hand drive. Although the regular Golf was in sale in the UK by then, Volkswagen reckoned that converting this new fuel-injected model to right-hand drive wouldn't be cost-effective. It might not even be physically possible at all. Robert McBurney, our Balamina man, wasn't going to have that. McBurney's father, Roger, had been one of the very first Volkswagen dealers on the island of Ireland, and Robert had taken over the running of the dealership by the mid-70s. As well as selling Beetles and Type 2 vans to the good people of Balamina, McBurney was a very successful rally driver. Robert is one of the very few people that I know who could drive a rally car really well, said Dr. Beatty Crawford. He's a friend and fellow driver who knew the late Robert McBurney well in the 60s and 70s. His high opinion of Robert's skills as a driver aren't the mere kindness of an old comrade. Crawford has also driven and co-driven rally cars alongside the very best of them, uh, including Ari Vatnan. Very good. <clears throat> he was chosen by Roots to be a third driver on the London to Mexico rally in 1970, says Crawford. He was more a long distance type driver than a sprint driver. Crawford got to know McBurney well while, competing, while completing his medical studies at the hospital in Balamina. McBurney was frustrated. He wanted to compete in rallies, but he also wanted to stay loyal to the Volkswagen brand that he represented. Although the Beetle, a car almost endlessly responsive to being tuned and tweaked, had dominated the rally scene in the 60s, by the 70s it had been thoroughly uh, usurped by the Ford Escort. McBurney, a dealer himself and the son of a Volkswagen dealer, felt that he couldn't be seen rallying something else, or at least not as often. But then he got wind of the Sport Golf project and the eventual left-hand drive only Mark 1 GTI. Robert was a brilliant mechanic too, says Crawford, but if he had a fault, it was that he stayed loyal to Volkswagen for too long. Everybody was clamouring to get a Golf GTI in right-hand drive, but the Germans had said no, and if you've ever dealt with Germans in business, once they make their minds up, that's it. It's very difficult to, to change them. Seen that during the war. <laughs> <laughs> What Robert did was basically go to the spare parts catalogue and he just built a right-hand drive GTI using off-the-shelf parts, including some from a transporter. Sounds like the A-team. It does. <laughs> MacGyver. <laughs> then Reggie McSpadden, who was the head of VW sales at Agnews in Belfast. Indeed, it would have actually been McSpadden's wife who donated her personal golf to become the new right-hand drive one right. as the test. And with whom Robert had done some rallying. He had mentioned this to the higher-ups. And they said, it's impossible. He couldn't have done that. McBurney <laughs> took his homemade GTI to a sec- to second in class result in the Circuit of Ireland rally, which back then was a grueling five-day event that actually circled the entire island. 
Volkswagen heard about the success and summoned McBurney, McSpadden and the GTI with the steering wheel on the wrong side to the factory in Wolfsburg. They couldn't believe it, says Crawford, but they had to believe it once they saw the car in front of them. Changing the historical course of a manufacturing giant wasn't on McBurney's mind. He just wanted a decent rally car to replace the obsolete Beetle and the Golf GTI was ideal. According to the archives of Carsport magazine, he got what he wanted from the car. We drove it around the circuit of Ireland Rally at a steady speed and finished second in our class, McBurney told Carsport. VW, stunned into action, put the Golf on sale in right-hand drive markets and it became an instant and enduring success. The UK in particular has since been incredibly keen on not just hot Golfs, but fast hatches of all kinds. It seems hard to think of it now, but back then Volkswagen was struggling for car sales, couldn't sell a car, says Crawford. They'd lost their way and Robert had overextended himself, investing in a big new paint facility and lost a lot of money. And one day Volkswagen just sent a big transporter and they picked up all the cars from the dealership and took them away. Unfortunately, the dealer had gone bankrupt. Eventually, McBurney ended up working for Agnews Volkswagen, the other uh, rival dealer, I suppose you'd say, based in Belfast. But he still wasn't quite done with creating rapid, under-the-radar Volkswagens. His friend, Dr. Crawford, um, had moved to the US and spent many years living in Connecticut. Robert would go over and visit him and spend a few weeks in the summer. At the time, I had bought a Volkswagen Jetta saloon. And guess what? You couldn't get the GTI engine in the Jetta, says Crawford. (laughs) Seizing upon this, McBurney arranged to have a GTI engine shipped to Connecticut. I had gotten to know the local Volkswagen dealer, says Crawford. We asked if we could borrow an engine hoist. And a few days later, I had the only only Jetta GTI in the United States. Two creations on two continents that changed the face of fun motoring. Robert McBurney deserves to be better known. What a guy. Yeah, like so, sounds like Paul Glennon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just lock him away for a few days. Yeah. It's mad that, yeah, like the connection there with Balamina, obviously, and which is very few like, good things come out of Balamina. Apart from Studio 10 Exactly. Detailing. Um But yes, like the UK hot hat scene is absolutely insane yeah. and is a big part of our lives, obviously, as well. And like that all comes through from that. And the American side of things, like the Jetta GLI is huge over there. Like you sat in one um, for every generation that all comes through this guy from doing that as well. Like we we don't get the Jetta here anymore. The Americans still get it and have a GLI and again because of him. I mean, I guess Volkswagen probably would have figured it out eventually. But it's definitely an interesting story. Yeah. But I think it's a it's a thing with the Irish nation as as a whole. There's a lot of engineering places here. Yeah. yeah. Because they don't have the money. You just make it work. You make do. Yeah. yeah. And that is that is pushed. Like you think of the agricultural or construction, like Red Rock, uh what do you call the place in Ballygolly? Does the the screeners, power screens and yeah. Massive engineering. And stuff gets sent around all the world from yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. And it is funny because you kinda of run the place down a wee bit. You know, because you're from here and you're like, oh, shithole. But the, the lack of money and investment in this country has pushed people to make It's engineering stuff. Yeah, yeah engineering. That's what, that's I think the there's also a bit of an attitude of, you reckon that can't be done? Hold my beer. <laughs> I am a bit, have a bit of that myself, to be fair. Like, I think we all have a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing drives you on like somebody saying you can't do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Very good. Thanks, Thanks very much. much. Nice. Um, speaking of Balamina, Studio 10. Our sponsor. Has anybody seen what he's been up to at the moment? 
Uh, yes. Morgan in, didn't he? He yeah, did indeed, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, I think he had a bit of trouble with the paint at the start and had to... Yeah, that's one of those things that comes down to like the difference between high-end detailer and somebody like me in the garage with a buff. Yeah. And it's like, because he was saying like the type of paint you're trying to work out, because he had posted this as well, you know, trying to work out what works best with that type of paint. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I didn't envy and I did message him about was the amount of louvers in that car. Trying to work around those. Yeah. That I know he has that little small nano, yeah. nano, I think that's buff called. thing, but even that was probably struggling. Absolute nightmare. Yeah. Um, but cool to see a car like that because, as I said to him, most of the guys who own cars that kind of age, like they don't detail them. They don't, they're not as into detailing as our generation mm-hmm. is. They're usually wiped down with like WD 40 and no rag Auto or something. Super resin. Oh, God. Lee will have nothing bad wrong with that. <laughs> But it is cool to see the likes of that coming in as well and somebody looking after it properly. He also dropped a new video there about his collection service. Yes, I meant to say that. Yes, he did. So, so if you require your car collected and dropped off. Yeah, um, he put that on his social medias, I think, as well. A few of us shared it too, which is quite cool to see. It's great. I know he had been talking about it for a while and it's just that thing that's going to take him to the next level Aye. of yes. service that he can offer. With an enclosed trailer. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. Just on the side note, I got my car ceramically coated. It hadn't rained since it was done. Since it was done. done. Uh, I, I was driving around yeah. the other day and it was just like warp speed, you know, Star Trek. Yeah. The rain uh, coming back. I was just off. like, this is cool. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always part of my favourite part of it. So yeah, so, shout out to Studio 10. Give him a shout. Um, shall we finish off then, as usual, with our listener questions? Yeah. If my phone doesn't Absolutely. die, this will be good. Good. Um, let's see. We'll start off... Uh, Madden6265 he says apart from cars and car related things what else do you guys enjoy are there other things <laughs> I don't even enjoy cars anymore TV just general life anything whatever what hobbies have you got what do you do with your life hobbies films cars? and music and stuff I like that but I guess everybody kind of likes that drinking I do like drinking and eating I enjoy a good beer I'm not a Alcoholic, I think. Spoken like a true alcoholic, yeah. <laughs> first, first step of denial. I don't have a problem with alcohol. The only problem I have at the minute is there is no alcohol. Yep. Um, what do I enjoy? I like exercising. Ah, you're into your cycling and stuff, aren't you? But not as much cycling running and stuff like that. Cycling's more of a necessity to go to places. Yeah, true. Uh, on YouTube, tell you the things, I've started to watch more farming, contractor Things you're turning into boring oh, farms yeah, and grassmen. Oh, flip. No, not grassmen. There's a couple of guys <laughs> who were in England. It's just being from a farm background years ago. Uh, like no. big operations kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, big big units. Very good. I it's always bi- interesting. I love big to see units, that. Connor. <laughs> That's why you love me, Nigel. <laughs> Hefty unit. <laughs> what about you, Lee? Um, just I guess films and music and stuff. We go to concerts and that kind of thing. Enjoy doing that. Um. A lot of my time is taken up with work. Yeah. And the rest of it is cars, so... I like going to the cinema. Do like going to the cinema. Really enjoy going to the cinema. Um, Shout but, out Omnipass. Yeah. It's the way forward. There's a Omnipass. Monthly thing, yeah. 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 It works out, it's £10 a month for the pass, and you can go see any film you want, including in the max screen. So you can go to the cinema as many times you like? Yep. Yeah. The max ticket. That's ridiculous. One max ticket at the weekend is... £10.60. Is that you tied up for a year or just you can drop no, it? It's you can drop it monthly. So if you have a load of good films coming up, you'll just join up for a month. Yep. See them? Yeah. It's awesome. Perfect that, way to do that it. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah, we've done that. Um all this, I, I have a load of hobbies that I've dropped just having the time. You used yeah, to play music. Same. You were the same like you sang, I played bass. Um 
shooting fish and that kind of thing and just don't have time for it anymore unfortunately i do like still shoot we do clays and stuff like that which is handy but i never get the time to go out um yeah mostly cars yeah cars, pretty much. cars and we like a podcast now and again uh, talking crap we're very favorable we're good at that, at that. <laughs> um jack underscore slow up what car would your favorite superhero drive well, it's Batman, so it's the he, Tumblr. He, yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, Batman drives us. Yeah. I would, uh, yeah, you guys got off easy on that one. Like, <laughs> it's, it's pre-packaged. Uh, mine's probably the Punisher. Unfortunately, I can picture him driving some of those bro-dozers with a Punisher yeah, skull on the back of it would. kind of thing, unfortunately. But I like to think it'd be some sort of, like, blacked out. I Do you know, remember the original Hellcat. Batman? The original Batcar? Ah, uh, like, like the, the 50s, 60s. The I bubble glass little, top. Yeah. Yeah, funky machine like a, like a speedster type thing, weren't they? Yeah, what was that? Is that Adam West? Adam West, the mayor of Quahog. <laughs> if uh, I like Captain America as well, but I don't really know what he would drive. Not a lot of superheroes drive cars. No, no. Iron Man has a lot of cool cars. In he fairness, was all responsibility basically. Definitely, yeah. Um, Captain America would have to drive some kind of big American freedom freedom machine wagon, knocking people down the Mustang. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Brown174 and this is definitely a dig if a group of mates are going to roll hard in four cars how many of them will be driving their daily on a crying face three out of four is, is Brian driving his non-daily no yes he's taking the 200SX is he yeah flipping fair play to him yeah um, as I said earlier on I'm just I'm so gutted yeah and do you know what I'm gutted about the show but the show will still be good I'm got it about caffeine and machine because I've never been before. I wanted to take the Jetta, and I was really wanted to bring the Jetta. Well, Stefan was supposed to take his Jetta, which is in painter's jail at the minute. Yeah, uh, you're supposed to take your Jetta, which is in welding jail. Yeah, and Matt was supposed to take the Porsche, which mayor it's on the. It may still happen. It's a knife edge where it'll happen, and then Richie's got the 200 SX because oh, I'm I'm sensible and work on my cars and get them handed over to people and do the work and they just do it all in advance. And they just keep it in a bubble and it's fine and nothing ever happens to it. Even though he spent an absolute Dick. fortune on it recently. <laughs> he put a full, full new exhaust on it, like from Turbo back, which he wasn't expecting. It went down to get something else and they looked at it and went, oh. So, Ooh. yeah. And it was one of those jobs where he had paid a guy to do the exhaust last year mm. and it was an absolute bodge job by a guy who has a very good name in the business. You'll have to tell me who that is. I will. It's not, rough. it's, yeah, it's... It's a guy who fucked me around as well, so I wasn't surprised. I'm glad it didn't go to him. Um, Love you, Richie. Yeah, so... You're still a dick, though. <laughs> thanks for your message. <laughs> he also claims he has messaged in before and we didn't read it out. I called him a liar. There's no evidence he ever sent us a thing, so there's evidence of us reading this message out. <laughs> yeah, Richie. <laughs> Smug in your 200SX. Yeah. Enjoying yourself there. You and your reliable job yeah, cars. doing things right and being able to drive your car anymore. <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> Uh, S14 OCP any good YouTube restoration channels currently watching Dan Chambers on his Mark 1 so Simon is restoring or doing a lot of work I think to his Mark 1 caddy pickup I see was it rest? I thought it was fabrication you had asked about uh, restoration oh but fabrication will come into that so well my suggestion doesn't really work because I thought it was fabrication sorry oh, fair enough but uh, super fast map super fast map is very good for fabrication yeah. of like car stuff but also like random stuff like, he does steering wheels. He built, like, a bench in the garage and stuff. He's also super sarcastic. He is. Helps I enjoy lot. his videos a lot. Um, what have we got? Dan Chambers, absolutely brilliant. Very relatable to what he's doing because it's a Mark 1 chassis as well. Stance works. Stance works 
very good. Uh, Odd Autos, do you watch them? English guys. Um, they did the shorty. They done a shorty Mark, Mark II, II golf stuff. years ago, right? With a it was at Ultimate Dubs, a red one with a KR shortened, no doors, and, then and the shorty, shorty beetle. beetle. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Shorty beetle with an opening door. Obsessed Motorsport. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's another crowd called Rockbox Metalworks. Who done a caddy? Now they didn't strictly restore it. They done a lot of custom modification, but they addressed a lot of like, the rot issues that those cars have. So it's probably a good one for them. Uh, Salvage the Savage, which is the guys that done the twin turbo DeLorean that was at SEMA last year. Okay. And the EV C10. They do all their fabrication stuff. So like sheet metal fabrication. So probably good if you're doing patch repairs and stuff. Um, there's another guy called Paul Lehman, L-E-H-M-A-N. He's an American guy working on a caddy. He's restoring it. So probably plenty there he could pull from that'll be relative to his project. Uh, Paint Society? Paint Society too, if he yeah. wants to try a bit of hand at his own painting. Very good channel. Um, don't do it though, it's a trap. Don't get caught. Oh no. Chris Stop Moran 90, our loyal friend, has let us down. Is he not slobbering at us about BMW's being better than Volkswagen? Let's go. What's he, what's <laughs> well, he say? usually does. I yeah. use, it's bad, Connor. I've just ordered an EV. Does this mean I'm now banished? You're right. Yes. Goodbye. Yes. Delete. Toodaloo, bitch. Block. <laughs> Oh. Good luck with electric prices. Yeah, he does. He does have an M car though, so it offsets that. Ah, right, is okay. the four door M three, which is quite That's nice. Offsetting your carbon footprint, kind yeah. of maybe. <laughs> Don't worry, Chris. I'll just drive the Bora harder. I'll offset it for you. I Connor will run into four cylinders just for you. <laughs> <laughs> Once I get the Jetta back on the road, I'm going to daily it. Just nothing, to... <laughs> nothing made me happier than passing a Tesla and Lee's Jetta. I'm thinking to myself, ha ha, <laughs> <laughs> revenge is sweet. Kevin uh, Orm eighty seven. Uh, another caddy man, very nice caddy, was sitting oh, opposite yes. Lee's Lovely. Jetta uh, at MLVW. Best Volkswagen you have drove or best that you've bought? Best you've drove. Well, the best I've bought is sitting in that garage since 14 years ago is the Edition 1 the G60. One. Best I've drove. Hard call. Do you count Audis as, as uh, Volkswagens? Fag Crip. Because mm. well, I have a one from possibly for you. I know. Same Maynard's blue G60. Oh, really? That was oh. a really nice driving car. Nice. I didn't expect that. I thought you were going to say a Paul's RS6. Well, I'm going to say Tuffy's RS6, so there you go. <laughs> yes and no. It's that RS thing. Aye, yeah. See, it's, I, driving, it's driving you, you're not driving it. Yeah, well, I really enjoyed Tuffy's RS... Or Four. The RS4, the B7. The other day, there, it was really, really fun. The best one I've bought is probably my Mark III. It's, I've made so many good friends through the car... I've learned so much on it. Mm. I actually had to be talked into buying that car by my dad because I had a Mark II. Dad went to buy, I don't know if I ever talked about this, but dad went to buy a motorbike off a guy and come back and I was sitting, I think I was off for the day and he says, oh, do you know anyone looking at a Mark III GTI? And I was like, nobody wants a Mark III GTI. And he goes, ah, yeah, good car for you. And I was like, no, it wouldn't. And I give him the whole, I'll never insure it. And he was like, oh, you would check it out. Checked it out. It was like a hundred quid more. And I was like, I can't use that as an excuse. He's like, oh, I don't have the money. He goes, your balls, you do have the money. And then this went back and forth. And I finally gave in and went to see the car. And then I went, I'm going to buy it. And give you a guy like 380 quid or something for it. I think within the first minute of you in a car, you know you're going to buy it or 100%. not. 100%. Yeah, it's doing the deal after that is the thing. But yeah, generally when you walk up, unless you're going to find anything surprisingly hidden, you can tell. It's shit or not. Yeah. Or it can't be worked. Pretty much. But yeah, I would say the, my Mark III falls firmly in that category. What would you like? Probably the Jetta for me. 
Yeah. Just because, well, I say <laughs> the plan was that it was pre-done and I didn't have to do anything to it. And we've ended up obviously doing a lot of things to it, but we didn't build the engine and stuff. And Ben tweaked it up and it just works. And it's mm. so fun. We'll have a lot more to do to do after a gearbox. And it'll yeah, basically yeah. be top. That thing will be top to bottom rebuild by the yeah. time we're finished. Uh, Fogel underscore Riley 26. Mr. Weld himself. Um, have we dates for Titanic dubs? Slightly panicking now. 24th, yeah, 24th of September. 24th of September, yeah. yeah. Should uh, be a fly ride soon. Murray.d91. Declan says, what's your thoughts on the Piastri Alonso fiasco? Thoughts on the whole situation? Yeah, we chatted about that. It's definitely a major fuck up and will continue to be for the next while, I would say. Major fuck up. Major fuck up. (laughs) Salute him. Uh, (laughs) Gary, whose Instagram name isn't showing. And what was that? He says, what's your favorite tool in the workshop slash toolbox and why? Nice work on the booty transplant. Any tips and tricks you can share for doing anything similar favorite tools one of the most useful tools is you know the i forget where them clamps are the thing it holds it so you can pull a hose pipe off oh yeah so it's like a proper actual tool for releasing see so many ends of fingers yeah rather than using needle nose i usually use vice grips and those and then they end up flying off and taking your eye out all ah, right okay mm-hmm. yeah or in stefan's case you throw the vice grips across the room and then the jam but a good up on the gun's always a favorite yeah Impact on good move, what would you like? Yeah, impact on um, grip sockets. Yes. Useful. Aye. Not a lot of people Especially have them. older cars. They're definitely good uh, though. Yeah, there's definitely a, a big difference in useful tools between like new-ish cars and shit yeah. that we work on. <laughs> um, for me, more recently is the Sawzall. I knew you were going to say that. Oh my God. <laughs> the, the Sawzall. Like the reciprocating saw. Yeah, yeah. Nothing is safe. It's so good. <laughs> um, so, like, it's great as well. Like, obviously, I cut the back end off Lee's car with it. But, like, see if you get something that's too big for the bin. You just lift the sawzall and cut it in half and put it in the bin. Metal, wood, dogs, you know, <laughs> there's a stray cat about that you don't want. Sawzall sorts it all. Could like be called a sawzall. A sawzall. Watch out for the Guildford Chainsaw Massacre you know coming soon. That's it. Maybe that's what happened per Chris we were talking about at the start of the show. Uh, horrible Sawzall accident. Fight with the Sawzall. Um, it does look like it. But yeah, the Sawzall is absolutely fantastic. And in typical American fashion, is named literally what it does, Sawzall. So that's one of mine. Tips and tricks for doing what I am doing. Hit and hope is a big thing. Give it a go and see. Um, on a more serious note is those list of ones that we listed there for... Um, S14OCP YouTube channels very good to watch and see what sort of work you can pick up. Like I, I measure could, twice, cut, teen, cut fifteen times, uh, as we said yeah. earlier on. And don't give yourself a deadline because that's fun, you know. Yeah. Uh, try and take it easy because you will get sick of it at some point. Oh, he says his is the Milwaukee M18 fuel impact gun as his favorite. So yes, good lad. Top job. Yep. Uh, and then lastly, we have Derek Cheshire. What's up, Derek? Derek says, not, oh, this is a topical one. Alan's working away on a new Mark II project, isn't he? That's right, he is actually, yeah. yeah. I'm very keen to see how that turns out. We sly dog there himself. Um, Not warning people of a speed camera slash revenue camera by either flashing their oncoming traffic or posting on social media. It makes you a cunt. Change my mind. 
Don't need to. You're right. He says, I seem to have acquired sustained abuse on this subject. So uh, anyone who has him on Facebook, he posts up when he sees him. Have you seen this? Yes. Yeah, so he posts up on social media where there's a speed camera. is posted up like a mobile speed camera. Usually Jamie Hill comes and gives him dog's abuse over it. Um, personally, I think the man's doing the world a service. Does he run speed cameras, Northern Ireland, Facebook page? He could be well. He could maybe he's invested in them. He's like an anonymous. I'd say he's not very anonymous, I'd say. <laughs> Nothing's anonymous about Derek. Um, yeah, and like if you use the police's argument against them, if they don't want to catch you speeding, they want you to slow down. Well, if you're flashing the lights, you'll slow down. Yeah, it works. You know? You don't want to be speeding past the speed camera because that would be dangerous for the operator. You want to be slowed down before you get to them. Yeah, you know, absolutely. We're only thinking of the operators of the speed cameras. Like, People who don't flash their lights are dicks. Yeah. Fact. You know who are dicks too? Police that stand getting your speed coming out of a 30 and a national speed limit. Oh, and they stand behind something? Yeah. That affects me off. No, they don't no, do no, no, no. They're not getting you coming into a 30. Oh, they're getting you They're coming. getting you as you're leaving a 30. Ah. You know, it's all about safety. No, yeah. no. You're trying to catch somebody speeding up, going into the national speed yeah. limit. Nigel, they have specifically said they're not trying to catch people. They're trying to slow them down. Oh, look, he's riled off. Derek, look what you've done. Not that I got caught that way a few years ago or anything. Like, oh, uh, so this is a sore point, is it? I like it. Once again, fuck the police. <laughs> Especially those with speed cameras. That should be our entry music. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I guess it's Lee's theme tune in life. We'll get sued by Ice Cube or Warner Brothers or something. Probably, yeah. So, yeah, that's the sort of questions, folks. Thank you very much, as always. Yes, thank you. And thank you all for listening to us rambling again. Yeah. Um, we're still enjoying it. So if you are enjoying the podcast, please like, share, subscribe, tell a friend. Yeah. You can review on Spotify as well. Yes, indeed. I'll take your word for it. If you review on Spotify, I'm sure we'll get a contract like Joe Rogan very soon. Sounds good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I'm all for that. Um. In the meantime, if you want us to follow us on social media, if you don't already, um, collectively we can be found at Reload Podcast. I'm at Maxwell House 46. I'm at VW Boy. And I'm at Connor McCann. Thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye. Cheers, folks. See Bye. You later.